Hello and welcome to the Conscious Buddy podcast. I am Estella, creator of the Conscious Buddy community. Conscious Buddy is a worldwide community that encourages us to make a difference to the lives of ourselves and others through connecting and collaborating with like-minded individuals who want to live a more conscious life and work towards solutions that create a better world. I welcome my friend and mentor Nazim. Nazim is the founder of Awakening as Women and Her Space and has been walking a path of truth honouring all that is sacred since her early years. As a devoted student of life, lover of land, celebrator of the ancient traditions, she spends her days on a small island in Denmark, living simply and sharing her passion and love for all corners of life. She originates from a background of meditation, yoga and tantra, and has studied many traditions, indigenous cultures, travelled far and wide, and taken a personal seven-year deep dive into the underworld realms of shadow and trauma work. She now focuses on birthing a more radical way of human maturation through communing the personal and transpersonal within an intimate journey of embodiment, compassion and silence. Enjoying light and dark, simplicity, wholeness and beauty as it lives and breathes itself into existence. Her own healing and maturation process has laid the foundation for her current sharing on awakening as women, her space, embodied yoga and movement, sacred intimacy, conscious relating, womb awakening, living rest, embodiment and ancestral shadow, trauma and grief work. Hi Nazim. Hello my love. Hi Estella. It's so so lovely to have you on the Conscious Body podcast like oh I just feel so thrilled in doing these and so grateful you know for the people that have been on my path in this journey to where it is now and so I am going to just talk about how I know you <laughs> and where it started and how it continued. So I met you at White Space Studios in Melton Keynes and you were teaching yoga there at the time. And actually, you know, it's funny because at this particular time of my life, I would say that um, I was just really in a discovery process of tapping into my spirituality what that meant for me, knowing that there was a deeper calling for me, but had no idea what this looked like. <clears throat> and when I came into your class, the energy was so powerful, like the energy and the way that I connected to this particular yoga class and the way that I laid in Shavasana was a, a way that I had never experienced experienced I was always really um agitated in relaxation agitated in shavasana almost wanting to get up and just go the head always taken over and this was one of the first times I'd really experienced being in a space where I was like oh wow <laughs> like this is amazing and I just felt like I was really basking in this energy so I feel that if I'm absolutely honest you were really showing me like this, um, the energy that I knew was there, but couldn't quite understand how to access it. Mm. So, um, 
just noticing my dog is barking it. He likes to bark when I press record on podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I think the listeners may be used to that now, so it's all good. <laughs> Plus, we've been at home for a year. Anything goes, right? Anything goes. Exactly. Kids, dogs, doorbell, postman. Postman, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we've all, in fact, it's actually really taught us so much tolerance. And this is what I absolutely love about this period is because... This is actually sort of allowed us to let go of all that sort of perfection and this idea of how we should show up in the world, right? You know, or how we need to show up in the world. And yet we've all been showing up in our pyjamas in <laughs> bad hair because we can't get to a hairdresser's. <laughs> And we've all just kind of gone, ah, oh, fuck it, you know, like just not, just not cared, um, which is amazing, which is actually such a relief and it just takes that pressure away. Um, so, you know, really that kind of, I suppose, you know, from that, it then took me into this place of, I was on a place of self-discovery, you know, but very disconnected from my body, very disconnected to... Um, like a deep, I had a deeper inner knowing, but I was also very scared of it. it. I didn't trust it. I didn't trust my body. I didn't trust how I navigated through the world. It almost felt like I was constantly making mistakes, constantly getting it wrong. And I didn't know how to love myself because of that, because I just felt like I, I failed. I felt like I was just failing at, at life, at being me um at you know holding down a business or bringing up my children or you know it, it was constantly just shame and guilt shame and guilt and this I was feeding into my body all the time uh, periods were just for me an, a massive inconvenience you know I mean if I was on a period I wouldn't even I, I would just completely ignore that and go to exercise classes and do whatever it was that I was doing so I think from following you at this stage and, and then seeing your posts on, um, you know, Instagram and coming then to your, like a women's workshop, uh, you done a, a workshop also at the studio that I was running and I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sure I came to that. I'm sure I did come to that. I do remember being in your workshops. I know I've been to a few of your workshops. And so, you know, kind of coming into this space where it felt, more ceremonial you know it was a space where I could just let go and not have to worry about you know being a certain way or showing up in a certain way and it was like a permission it was permission to get it wrong and this was so comforting for me because I feel like you know I, I'd kind of gone through a life of performance and being told off actually you know and actually really experiencing that from my world you know getting it wrong and being shamed for getting it wrong and so being in the presence of your workshops and how you conducted that allowed me to just go there is no I, I don't need to worry about getting it wrong um there was such a gentleness and there was sort of even a gentle laughter and humor around it and this it just I just felt so comfortable um and I think that was really my first experience of allowing myself to be me without feeling shameful around it and then I think last year no uh, last year and the year before um mm -hmm. I started to do some one-to-one -one work with you 
because again, I wanted to go deeper within the body and learn how to love myself and to feel what I was feeling. My emotions were become I were becoming so overwhelmed by the emotions because of the healing work that I was doing. I didn't know how to respond to that. And actually my mum was going through breast cancer at the time. And um, and so there was a lot of deep wounding work that I was visiting, ancestral bloodline. You know, even my mum had been told that the, the breast cancer was um, trauma based. You know, she was told this by a homeopath. And so she recognized my nan also had breast cancer. So that kind of came into it. And I remember through one of the sessions that we had, your your guidance was for me to to touch my body to massage my breasts you know when i'm in the shower and to do the these things that were really alien really alien i grew up with family that were disconnected to their bodies that never spoke about their bodies that in fact when they did they spoke about um um in a way that they they hated their own bodies they hated the you know that it was um distorted image of themselves and and so I watched this and I listened to this and that's how I just totally assumed um and I felt shame around my body after having three children and that kind of saggy skin around my belly and stretch marks and I felt shame around my body um and, I, and to touch it and to caress it and to love it was so so alien to feel these emotions deeply and to not want to run away from them was the most challenging aspect of healing that I could have ever really gone through. It was just, it felt like excruciating pain. In fact, one of the trauma therapists that I was working with more recently said it's like doing open heart surgery without the anesthesia you know so <laughs> yes that's a perfect description um so you know really what we're talking about here is self-love mm -hmm. and how we navigate through that how we nurture ourselves within that what your experience of of that what i'd really like to ask you is what led you to this work? How did it, how did it start for you? Because for me, I, I feel like you were the kind of <laughs> guru status from the moment I met you, like, like you know, like, <laughs> I know, right? But when you're so disconnected from yourself and somebody else is carrying that energy and being in that energy space, mm. it, you are still looking outside of yourself. And for me, it was like yeah. looking at you and sort of seeing that you were already in that space. So for me, I don't really know how your journey started. So I'd love to hear that from you. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to say, say Estella, that it's, it's such a joy to sit here with you and have these talks. And I just really want to thank you for the opportunity to, to speak to these really tender and very real topics. And just to acknowledge you, my love, because, you know, it's been a while since we've spoken and I can just really really feel the journey that's been tr trodden and to have shared so much of our journeys together as well is so it's a it's a real privilege to be here so thank you oh you're more than welcome it's absolutely a privilege to have you 
<laughs> Thank you, my love. Yeah, and how did it all began, uh, begin even? Um, I feel like it could be useful to kind of go back right right to like my own childhood actually and and to just kind of speak to the environment that I grew up in and and it kind of you know it, it, there's such a contrast in so many ways of what we've experienced and that feels really really valid to speak to so yeah I, I grew up in a you know being British Asian so there's there's all kinds of challenges that come with that not only the the racial side of things but also within the context of growing up in a in a Muslim Asian family like as you say so much suppression so much disconnection um you know on every level sexually emotionally all those kinds of you know even even on a mental illness level you know it's as you know the, these these are all have been taboo in our generation at many points and so I grew up in an environment that was, um, you know, my parents are lovely and they're such sweethearts, but the environment I grew up in was a very aggressive, um, at times abusive environment. And I very quickly realized I developed um, depression from, you know, from a young age. And uh, and ironically, despite that, I, um, I was recently speaking to someone about this, actually, at the age of three or four, I had a very visceral experience of um, uh, the abandonment of God, that wound, like the, 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 the where are you, God? And it was, a, it was actually um, this moment came back to me in a retreat of just a few years, maybe three or four years ago. And it was, it, you know, I really got to touch this wound. But as a child, I was, you know, sat on my bathroom floor having an absolute breakdown. And I was calling out to God and God was my grandmother, actually, in my mind. So there was already this somehow coming into this life with this deep longing, like such a longing and such a, a sense of the separation between me and, you know, whether it's the masculine form of God or the feminine form of God, like I, I now look back and really see that that was almost the baseline that took me off in many different directions, but it was there. And then, you know, growing up in this, in, in this environment and experiencing various kinds of abuse and suffering from depression, um, also, uh, you know, at, at a young age, trying to take my life as well. And um, growing up with just so much unmet sadness, which then as I as I kind of hit my teens and my 20s, it just took me off onto a pathway of rebellion, you know, doing everything that my um, Muslim family would object to and, you know, running riot into hedonism. And so my 20s were kind of, um, yeah, I, you know, I was in the corporate world. I was, you know, the lifestyle was extremely hedonistic in London, as you can imagine. And, and at the same time, I had already started practicing yoga. Funnily enough, I started um, practicing yoga unconsciously at university in a, in a class that was kind of covered up as a movement class. And um, so there was already this kind of this sense of like a polarization between maybe what I would use alcohol for and what you know, that escapism and then getting this sense of like, oh, okay, what, what does it really feel like to relax into my body? And, you know, I started to have these little tastes and continued my yoga. You know, I would, I would <laughs> practice yoga to get over a hangover, you know, in my twenties and, and it was helpful. And it was still, it was still this polarization of like allowing myself to have these kind of connected experiences, but from a, from a, again, from the same angle of like trying to fix and run away from and avoid, etc. And, and eventually, you know, again, this, this thread of longing was kind of the undercurrent 
to to propel me in certain directions and even in the, in the numbing direction in a way and you know to to move away from that very dogmatic style of religion i can really see the value in that for myself and 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 so part of that longing kind of as i know is the same for you it was the longing to travel and explore you know this very uh, the part of our spiritual journey that is very much about seeking mm. and i feel that to be like the, the masculine part of myself that really was driven to adventure and to seek and that took me all around the world and at the age of about 26 i moved to australia and this was a really interesting time, actually, because Australia, as I look back, was actually my spiritual awakening. And it was, again, this, you know, even more hedonism living there, even more partying and everything else. And at the same time, the, the path of yoga and meditation was literally banging down my door. It was it was just so wonderful that I had nowhere to run from it. it was And I was really ready. I was ready to take deeper steps. And, um, and so I, I, I just happened to get very lucky and fell into this meditation community and really started to learn properly to meditate and, and learned about vegetarianism. And, um, and suddenly for someone that really loved her booze and her steak, I found myself just giving up these things very suddenly, which is, which is kind of strange when you think about how deep addictions are in us, right? But anyway, nonetheless, it happened. Mm. And I, I also discovered Tantra at this point. And, and after two years of living in Australia, on my journey back to the UK, I was planning on traveling through Asia. And I wound up in a community in Thailand um, for much longer than I expected. And it was a, a tantric yoga community. And so after all of this kind of really profound opening and deepening in Australia, suddenly I was, I was in, a, in an environment that was just purely dedicated to that which, you know, my longing was guiding me towards. Mm. And it was utterly life-changing. It was totally, totally life-changing to, to really bring the practice of yoga and meditation and, and again, to bring that into like my day to day, you know, even on a on a very practical level, the way I was eating, the way my relationships were developing, um, you know, being a tantric school, we were also learning about these very ancient, uh, this very ancient Tibetan tradition and also how that interacts you know, relation on a relational level, on a sexual level. And it was blowing my mind, you know, as an English Indian suppressed woman, <laughs> it was absolutely blowing my mind. And <laughs> I had some really profound experiences. And this was actually the time where the, the devotional work, uh, especially around the, the, the work with the feminine, began essentially so the, the, the ceremonial work began at, at this point and it was still very new and um you know I, I entered also into starting to journey into 10-day meditation retreats and that kind of thing and after that point um it was very clear right I I'm I'm you know as soon as you find something that that feels like absolute magic and so profound you want to learn more and you want to share it with everyone so the the natural instinct was to go and become a teacher and I ended up at um, the sister school in Mexico for many years and I studied to be a yoga meditation teacher there and um interestingly so I yeah I mean it's it feels really important to say that I feel like many of us have kind of entered spirituality from all different angles but there there for me certainly and many people I work with there is there's been an entering at this very sort of masculine paradigm where 
spirit which is beautiful you know the very transcendental love and light aspect of spirituality and that was um such a, a profound time in my life and this is probably this is this was still very present when you and I first met you know the 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 kind of um for me the the depth of wisdom that was unfolding on a heart level this was such a strong time yet I actually didn't have the skills yet to or didn't have the didn't I wasn't it was almost like the preparation actually before the deeper work was ready to kind of begin in terms of entering into the deep crevices of the body entering into the belly womb horror work where you meet all of that trauma and where self-love becomes a whole different story right at that point um yeah and that kind of continued so so I ironically I wound up back in Mexico but I'd already started working with a, another teacher who was introducing me to these depths in a really profound way and um yeah and and I was back at my my yoga school teaching on this teacher training and and just feeling so conflicted because I was seeing the polarities in the in the environment reflected within myself you know so the abandonment and the rejection that I had not ever seen so clearly in all these years and it was really at this point that the journey for me I feel like the journey got real at that point mm. um and that was yeah about seven years ago and it and it's just been a kind of descent into the underworld <laughs> ever since <laughs> and of such value and I feel like this is kind of this is the place where I I, I want to sort of continue to <laughs> this is the place where I'm screaming and shouting from now you know like where yeah. I yeah where I've seen wow such value and in the way you know as we've worked together as well and and really learning how to navigate because that world is so unseen and it's such mm -hmm. hidden territory and, and we have the perspectives of psychology and trauma but there is so many nuances in this there's so mm -hmm. much divinity actually within this unfolding there's so much grace and somehow to piece together all the kind of nuances of you know whatever we whatever threads we've experienced in our spiritual journey and very much on a, it's a, it's a journey of human maturation, which is not excluding spirit by any means, but yet becomes so much about simplicity and so much about mm. really being here in this world mm. and in the most valuable, graceful way. It's yeah, it's really quite something. It's such a, it's such a navigation, isn't it? That, that, that process of showing up in I like what you just said there, you know, this is where the real kind of work began like this. And, you know, like defining that is because it's it's giving yourself permission, I think, to feel everything that has been ultimately suppressed in one way or another. And I think you're right when we kind of first go into this kind of spirituality, it is very much about the kind of the love and light aspect of it all, you know, staying and, and heightening your vibration and, and being in, in this place. And actually, that is one part that is an important part, <laughs> because um, that's part of this navigation process. But equally, we, we don't really talk about the, the deep, darker, more shameful places to go that we feel so much more like I run ancestral healing circles I know you run ancestral stuff as well and one of the things you know that often comes up 
for people is is the shame around you know the, the stories within their family line and because of that not wanting to show up because the spiritual world if you like has betrayed itself as this kind of love and light aspect and that unless you feel this way unless you feel positive unless you feel like you're healed and and you've got your life together or what it looks like you've got your life together almost like there's a a sense of getting it wrong or not being good enough or and so like what you say going into the underworld you know really going very very deep into these feelings um without constantly trying to uh stick a plaster over them and you know say that oh this is wrong I shouldn't be feeling like this or you know somebody's going to shame me for this if I speak up about this and ultimately all of those things and those feelings and this language and everything else that actually comes through is the the ancestral DNA kind of blueprint you know that is is actually flowing through us the way we think the the language the way we show up the way our body language is everything is all down to our ancestral roots and what those stories hold um have such validation and that's why going to you know and i know probably for you as well like almost making a commitment it's like I feel like I'm here to hold space for others to visit these places um, because I know how deeply profound this work is. But I had to go there first. So, you know, I had to visit these places first. I had to go into the depth um, of these wounds that really showed up as not not very pretty you know and there were often rage from that there were often feelings of confusion mental health uncertainty um lack of security lack of faith lack of trust in my world that was one of the things that really came up for me when i was doing the sessions with you i just didn't trust anybody i didn't trust the world i lived in at all um and I didn't trust that I could be open and honest and I, it was like I was navigating and trying to find a safe space so I could be completely and utterly myself without feeling shame around that and um yeah I, it's interesting I'm really glad you kind of t <laughs> amazing to hear like how it all sort of started for you and very similar as well like that kind of um for me i grew up in a religion as well and and then you know went into kind of a rebellious teenager and and took drugs and drank and was very disconnected to my body um but you know what you were speaking about also about being you know a muslim asian asian yeah asian in in the uk and you know and how that because this has come up a lot recently right you know this is something that has been showing up a lot recently around um white white supremacy and blm and and all of this stuff and actually i'm even delving into that work myself now i never thought i would i never thought 
Um, it was interesting, actually, because I had a resistance against it to start with. Um, and there was obviously a reason why I had a resistance against it, uh, which I recognize now. I, I, I'm learning to humble myself more and more every single day because I'm recognizing that every time there's a resistance to something I know I need to learn or to face, um, especially around around this is you know the kind of decolonization work is actually really um where my healing is that is where it is it is actually goes so deep because we really it brings us all back into this space of we all come from the same kind of root you know <laughs> but we have to go through these yeah. navigate we have to go into these other places to understand truly understand who we actually really are where we came from what happened within this history of time that has shaped us to who we are today mm. and so there's this transition isn't there into this new paradigm it's a paradigm shift you know that's happening into this new way of being new patterns yeah it's just it, it, it i mean it's it is overwhelming at times you know mm -hmm. and that's why we have to be gentle and kind with ourselves mm -hmm. and patient and yeah not feel the guilt and the shame and you know and all of that and that's why i think that it's it's useful you know when we do this work that yeah recognizing that everybody is that different different stages of their lives. And actually maybe when somebody is sharing something, it's not that they're necessarily being ignorant or it's just deeply ingrained, you know, it's deep, just deeply ingrained in their own conditioning and their own family line. And, and this is where we can kind of almost all come together and be respectful and honor each other's journey um, without the fight you know, um, because ultimately this is what's caused the wars and the and the disconnection to ourselves and the disconnection to other people and, you know, recognising that we all come from different lineages and we've all got different stories. Some more, you know, would have experienced through their family line, um, you know, more white supremacy and some would have come from, like, family lines where they would have experienced their land being taken away from them and, and, and you know and really loss as well which have also would have shaped that culture mm -hmm. so it's just this obviously it's you know there's so much involved and it's so deep and I think this is the thing where people get overwhelmed where I've been overwhelmed you know that there is so much to learn and it's like wow I only have one lifetime and you know and I I I don't you know I don't really know where to start and yeah maybe we can actually just sort of almost I feel like that's just dropped actually just as I said that no one knows where to start and <laughs> <laughs> you know and I think what would you say because you've done you've you're you're very deep into doing the ancestral work as well as am I and I feel that the ancestral work for me has probably been the most deeply profound work in the, in the respect that it's taken me 
to the areas I need to learn about myself without having the distractions of the outside world, because there's so much in the outside world that is, that is saying, we need to do this. We need to do it this way. And we need to do that. There's courses after courses, after courses, there's different ways of learning. There's different ways of conducting meditation. There's so many different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think what's been really powerful for me is recognizing you know, let's start from the beginning. Let's start from where I come from. Like my dad is Spanish. You know, my mum is Jewish from the Jewish line, Polish Jew. Let's start from these two points. You know, what happened within those, what happened within history from those two points? You know, I know that, you know, my dad's line would have gone through the Spanish Civil War. I know that my mum's line would have experienced, um, uh, the World War Two and, and the Jewish, you know, um, coal and all the rest of it. So like it, it would have two very mixed kind of um, cultures coming into who I am today. And that that has been deeply profound for me as I've been uncovering that. And what I have found through doing this, this particular work is that um, it just keeps opening up and unlocking doors. And that they're, they're so unique to us and so deeply personal to us. Mm. And I think that there is so, I, I really feel that whatever journey you are meant to be on, you will just get shown, right? You, you'll just be, you'll be shown the people, the books, that there is so much out there. Um, there's so m- many resources out there. Um, so I think it's the one that kind of resonates with you the most. If it really deeply resonates with you, there you are. That's that's mm-hmm. kind of your path, right? Because so many people feel lost, like lost souls. You know, the souls are, are lost. And I feel that that's what's really happening right now as we are coming back on a deeper level to our, to our souls. And I feel like, we have the body aspect, the physical body aspect of who we are. And we, it's like layers, you know, we need to go there first. Mm. We need to get to know ourselves mm. and understand our bodies and respect our bodies and love our bodies. And then, then the journey kind of is endless, you know, and the journey is endless. It's limitless. It can keep on going because the soul has no beginning and has no end. The soul is limitless and endless. It's only when we bring a beginning and an end or we put pressure on ourselves that it starts to become overwhelming, I suppose. But yeah, what's your your take on on where we can start? Yeah, I love that. Um also, yeah, it's uh it feels really important to say, like as you as you as you shared, that there is no right way to, to right place to start and there's no right way and even the path my goodness I mean how many paths have we walked in just you know the, the in these years that we've been living so mm. I, I think in terms of where to start and having worked with um people you know in on a in a group environment and also one-to-one my learning has very much been it's been incredibly humbling to see that everyone has a different way and everyone has a different starting point. And I think it's so important to honor your starting point. And as you say, and that can be hard. And so, you know, to have the right support and reflections can be, of course, incredible for that. And, you know, as you say, there are so many things, meditation, and you see suddenly, you know, oh, everyone's doing ancestral work, everyone's doing 
plant medicine and you get you know that that is very natural when you're fragmented which we all are we are so fragmented that we also move in the spiritual world in a fragmented way you know so to to honor that too um and again nothing wrong nothing wrong and as you say the the, the very important to to bring us back to that that sense of lostness because actually if you if you're feeling lost you know considering that we're on a journey home through the the nuances of separation you know like even what you spoke about which by the way we i would love to have a deeper conversation with you about that sometimes around um abuse wounding so the racial wounding the you know the the wound the core wounding of humanity which has resulted in war and colonization and all of this like when it comes to that whether you're you know having explored this myself there there is a great deal I have a great deal of compassion for of course the people of color but also for my white brothers and sisters who have a you know we have different flavors of this journey to navigate there is the abuser and then there is the victim and each one carries equal amount of pain actually it just Mm. looks different Mm. and we maybe label it different you know Mm. so that sense of lostness and I've had to really remember this in my times of of deep devastation and deep kind of heart soul-wrenching heartbreak to realize that when I'm lost in a way I am most found Mm. because that lostness is where Mm. my attention really needs to go my presence really needs to go Mm. and so you know that lostness letting that be even even letting that be the driver to take your steps forward okay do I need to learn meditation what do I need to do and and I think and just to speak to some of these angles actually to honor you know those of us listening because you know for example as you spoke about that the passion of of that exploration around your ancestry and the stories within your ancestry, you know, that's one way, you know, you you see, you look at the history and you look at who, where you've come from and for other people, that is just not interesting. And that is just, they don't even know necessarily, but what they know is that they're suffering from depression or they're in an abusive relationship or they've, you know, experienced some other kind of abuse. um, And that hurts and it hurts. And I think, as you you know you speak about shame and I I find it shame is a really interesting one because it's almost like what we need to do for each other is to take that shame off where we actually are you know so even when we're walking around with this wound of abuse or you know a depression or mental illness we walk to the yoga studio we walk to wherever we go and we walk carrying that oh I need to fix this because I don't fit into this very Mm you know, superficial, productive, goal-orientated society and culture. And actually what we need is for us, people like you and I to say, this is perfect. Where you're starting is perfect. Do do not try and get rid of this in a way. Like let's let's go gently towards this. Let's go in towards this. And I think if each of us can recognize and you know what and for me, I have to say that the most the, the way that I work and the way that I have worked with myself is is to really become intimate with discomfort mm. <laughs> physical discomfort you know mental discomfort and and i and to really learn not to push through not to mm. not to fix there not to get rid of and the, and and at the same time when the instinct 
you know, even to speak about resistance is such a blessing and the instincts to fix, like all of these subtle nuances of how we approach ourselves before anything can really happen. We need to, we need to tend to them. So if there is the instinct to fix, damn, that deserves some love. And if there is the in instinct to numb or suppress or, you know, to, to the addictive tendencies arise, Jesus, we need to love that part of ourselves. Yeah. So the thing is with shame is I feel like, yes, it's an emotion that we need to explore. And, you know, if, if we've done something harmful or in a way I'm, I'm doing the inverted commas, you know, wrong, then shame is a healthy exploration. But actually what I have got to know shame to be is like a lid. It's like a, a lid on top of that deeper relationship to ourselves, you know so we've been in an abusive relationship oh i'm too ashamed to talk about it oh i've got addictions you know i'm too ashamed to actually to to deal with this i wish it would go away and actually that shame i've noticed that that it's just a moment it can be a moment of relaxation into your body and often there are just a few tears there and that lid of shame lifts off and then there's something else underneath that you know, then we get close. And, and this really, for me, mm. is the is the true nature of self-love, to love those parts of ourselves that are in exile, that we have kept in exile. You know, and again, we can we can very much relate this to our ancestry and and the fragmentation in our humanity. You know, as again, as you spoke about, we really need to embrace the separation. Mm. We need to be we mm. need to. And I love the way the world is going around, you know, the topics of gender and the topics of, of race. We need to, you know, and of course, the, some of the spiritual communities are saying, you know, these are just labels. We are all one and, you know, all of that. And that is true on one level. Yet I truly believe we're in a time where we need to speak to the fragmentation mm -hmm. and we need to honor the differences and not in a good and bad way, but in a way like to, to really acknowledge this needs to heal and this needs to heal. You yeah. know, it's, it's about white supremacy and it's about the black and the colored. It's, it's both actually, you know, we, that union is, is, is it, there's such a longing in our culture right now for that union. And I feel, I really feel if we change our perspective towards fragmentation and towards disconnection to say that this is in fact perfection you know, it changes something in the mind in terms of how we approach ourselves too. you know, how we shame, how, how that shame can just disappear, in fact, because yeah. the way we have been born that, you know, having having personally having walked through so many different forms of abuse, you know, racial, sexual, self-abuse, you know, even in spiritual communities, abuse mm -hmm. there too, which, you know, is the, the last thing you expect having and uh, so many times feeling like, wow, why, why are all these bad things happening to me? And actually really recognizing that life is inviting me. Um, and again, this is, this is not always what we need to hear. And certainly at the beginning, I, I couldn't accept this, but we're getting to a point where these are, these are the, this is the way that life blesses me with healing, actually, that these are the stories and the narratives of this human experience that are enabling me to bridge that gap of separation. And um, there is something very humbling in that. This, and, and there's mm. such a need for tenderness there too. And gentleness, as you say, there's really no way to push through that. Um, and at the same time, one of the big themes of all of that for me has been the nature of like the, the victim and the suppressor. And I feel like at the core of many of these 
fragments of, you know, the, these fragmented lines in our ancestry and our lives that it comes down to this dynamic of victim and suppressor and how, how both are on their way towards freedom. You know, there's no freedom in a victim state. There's no freedom in mm. a suppressor state. Mm. Mm. Embracing these parts of ourselves um, it have, has, for me, really... And I feel, I feel like this the corona time has been, you know, an, oh gosh, an exalted time of collective trauma, you know, feeling, wow, just, you know, so much from it, from an emotional level to, to the, the, the mere fact of survive, the survival instinct that's kicked in as so many people have, you know, lost their freedoms, lost their financial support and, you know, so, so to really mm. see that the trauma that's unfolding on a collective level, we're almost, you know, almost corona is many things, but on one level, there is the blessing of this amplification of trauma so that everyone gets the invitation towards themselves, towards union. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> I was just like everything you were just saying then, I was just absorbing so deeply. And I, I feel that especially, like you say, you know, through this period of corona, just I feel that the teaching in this has been absolutely so powerful, so powerful, you know, for me on a personal level, but also just as a collective and seeing what it's brought up in so many of us and, you, you know, kind of almost into some sort of submission in a way, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, one thing that I really noticed is, yeah, the loss of my work and the feeling of not having money and, and kind of going into a bit more debt again and feeling shame around that and feeling frustration and anger and upset and, and, and a real sense of lack of worthiness. Um, and actually what really then became apparent was the, the, this masculine and feminine wound that came through with, with this so that that has something that I, I feel has evolved within me over the last year really understanding what that 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 meant and I think before corona I was very much in a, in a place of um conducting from my masculine uh hard work uh, you know just one thing after the other very direct survival make a direct make a clear um decision and stick to it and that's it <clears throat> there was no movement around that there was no fluidity around that and so um you know I wasn't honoring my periods I wasn't you know I was kind of shutting down the aspect of myself that actually would have brought in a lot more fluidity it would have built in a lot more grace it would have brought in a lot more um ease and uh, softness into what I was doing actually I was kind of it was almost like I was kind of pounding my way through life and of course then when I met this place within lockdown of of what it felt like not having my life in control like not being in control of my life and where I'd been or I thought the illusion of being in control of my life for so many years my survival mechanism that carried me through really rather well you know um now had gone into collapse um and so the collapse of this was also 
the the it also meant I could rebuild myself and I could come into the place where actually I would I wanted to be anyway I'm much you know I've been kind of longing for this and wanting this teaching seeing it as something that was separate from me not seeing how I was going to obtain that because I was so deeply ingrained into this masculine aspect of myself of just to keep going to keep making decisions to keep working to keep surviving um and to stay in control and to look after the family and all of these these aspects um that there was no way I would have known how to get off I I just wouldn't have known how to get off that treadmill had it not been forced upon me (laughs) I would have spoken about it a lot (laughs) and um probably paid for some more sessions to try and get there you know whatever but (laughs) you know really it was this this absolute surrender and but in this surrender it's like it is like a free fall you know it's the only way to kind of describe it it's a free fall it's scary there's no way of knowing how you're going to land you know it can feel like in the system that everything is collapsing because in actually it is <laughs> you know the, the you know the bills are not being paid i'm having to make phone calls to rearrange my bills and then shame has come around this because I, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want people to think I'm a failure. I don't want people to think that I don't have enough money or I can't afford something. I don't even want to use those words. You know, it was like, I'd come away from all of that. I don't want to use those words. I don't even want to say, I, I, oh, I can't, you know, I don't, I'm trying to avoid even using language like that, but it's like, yeah. On the other hand, I'm trying to be real to my situation as well and, and being realistic and being honest and open and authentic. But also because I probably have done this kind of spiritual bypassing, like ignoring that I'm in this space because I'm constantly trying to be positive. I'm try- constantly trying to say I'm all right when really I'm kind of breaking down a little bit underneath of that. I'm worried. I'm scared. I'm vulnerable. Um, I'm I'm a little bit lost, but I don't want to admit any of that. I don't want to open that up because then people will try to fix me or they try to give me advice or they try to, you know, and I think that's what I really loved about your work is that you didn't, you wasn't doing that. You know, you were just asking me to sit with that in a gentle way, to feel it, to be with it, to nurture it. And to bring me into that feminine space, which I was very scared to enter because I didn't know what that was. I didn't understand how to nurture my emotions. I didn't, you know, it was a very, they were were very erratic in my emotions. It was either extreme kind of wailing and bawling and, and, uh, you know, or it was complete shutdown, complete shut. I mean, I could go completely the other way. People would be like, whoa, (laughs) who is this woman? Um, And I would to myself, but I had to accept that part of myself as well. I had to be in complete acceptance of who I was, because if I didn't, then I would feel an essence of shame again. And I'm like, I'm not going to, I don't want to keep going. Here I am again, this constant cycle, shame of my behavior, shame of, just forgive myself quickly, love myself in that moment, allow myself to feel it. So it's not like I'm ignoring it. It's not like, oh, this is just who I am. And and so that, that was something I used to say a lot. Oh, this is just the way that I am, you know, basically, and totally justify acting like a complete ass. But now it's like, okay, 
I don't just, I don't go, this is just the way I am. I say, okay, I've acted in a way that hasn't felt comfortable for me. I'm going to sit with that. I'm going to sit with that discomfort, but I'm going to forgive myself and love myself for that. And then very quickly move on. And what I've noticed is I'm now more surrounded also by people that are very forgiving understanding that this is just me being human they're just them them being human and then let's just kind of be in that space nurture it love it and then and then and then move and move through it you know um because we're all just these beautiful imperfect you know people that say things do things act in ways that are quite like i suppose if you think about it we're also going through this stage where it's almost like the inner children are really coming out and they're acting out and this is kind of way that i saw it i'm like you know you look at a naughty child or redeemed as a naughty child and really what they're doing is they're just trying to express themselves they're expressing themselves within their environment and they are acting out in a way that feels the best way to act out at that particular time and they're hoping that the adult is going to show them love understanding patience tolerance and space in order for them to understand what it is that they need to learn within this for them to then move on to the next thing and look how quickly children do that as well then they just go and play right after it's like okay oh great you know my parent isn't making me feel shameful around this and now I can just play in the sand or do whatever it is I need to do and come into my happy place and not feel punished or ashamed for being in that space before and I think so many of us didn't have that as children wasn't able to express herself in that way wasn't able to um you know there was a punishment for it there was a you locked in your room for two hours or you'll have a detention from school and so you the shame is almost it's forced upon you and so then when you step into into adulthood and you then start to heal these wounds that inner child really comes to the surface and almost you can't almost can't stop it from acting out in a way because it it needs to, but it also need there's an essence of where it needs to feel safe as well. So as adults, we can navigate towards the people that we know are going to help us to feel safe while we go through this this process, <laughs> and that it will inevitably help us to grow and and um, and to to move into a different space that's more aligned, you know, for us. We don't need to keep acting out, you know, because we are, we're nurtured through that process, but in a way without being told what to do or anything, maybe encouraged of how to navigate through that, but yeah, not being sort of forcefully told and, you know, have this kind of pressure. So I, I that's, I feel, you know, sort of what, where I'm entering into, especially with with my work, I mean, I've come from a very teacher perspective in the last, you know, few years. And I know that you spoke about, um, you know, this idea of like um, <sighs> breaking down and chat. The, the, and we're just we're we're finished. We we will kind of wrap up on this last little bit of uh, this last little subject that I would really like to just kind of bring forward because it's coming through to me now to do that. Um, and that is transitioning and change, and 
and not feeling like we're stuck, you know, and, and really recognizing that when we have that very deep personal relationship with the God that we class as our God, the personal God, the God for us, you know, that, that, um, that we have a personal relationship with, how we are so guided, there is no kind of, there is no such thing as certificates, exams, results, time, you know, (laughs) schedules, Um, certainly doesn't exist in that, in that, in that world. And, you know, and so many people define it as different things, whether you want to call it the God's world, whether you want to call it the 5D, whether you want to call it the cosmos, whether you want to call it, you know, spirit, whatever it is you want to call it, the rea- the reality of that is it all lives within us and so this process of breaking down the old or breaking down what is no longer fitting into what we do and i think that so many people kind of build up a business right they build up a business they they have an idea of what they want their business to look like and they kind of set out and they do this branding and they do this stuff and they get it all set up and then a few years down the line we change you know things change and then we need to make decisions on how we go forward with this and there's a navigation process, I think, within that. There's like a kind of fumbling human aspect to this of, um, of you know, kind of learning to walk again, if you like, or, and then also then there's the divine guidance within that as well. And, and then shifting into that space with trust and complete faith. So, yeah, I suppose just sort of talking about how we accept the change within us without feeling too fearful about what that looks like and how we move into something what may feel unrecognizable Mm -hmm. because that is what really scares people that in that change yes yeah oh beautifully rich yeah and for me I feel like so in a way how to approach everything and I would also like to speak to the notion of overwhelm as well because I think this is a um this part of that transition so I'll come back to the overwhelm but when we're approaching so as you speak about this huge change and I'd like to give that some context as well but even when we're approaching you know what we start to feel some of that wounding come up we start to feel the shame coming up or we start to feel any kind of uh, emotion that overwhelms us anger for example you know the 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 grief sort of beckoning and with everything essentially a, a great way to approach our healing the transitions all of it is is to kind of become the become the the observer of it first of all which we have learned from other other kind of you know the the older spiritual traditions to to witness everything that's going on and from that place of witnessing it we have a little bit more sort of softness in the way that we can approach it and enter into it and the entering in is absolutely necessary if we are to participate into in change or healing there needs to be that point of entering in but often what we experience is this kind of, as you say, you get suddenly really overwhelmed by your emotions and the emotions get really loud, you know, so that there's, 
there's a way to to move with that overwhelm as well in terms of grounding it like really grounding it or if you if you can come from that outer perspective then there, there is simply more space to enter into it um so as a kind of approach i just wanted to share that but in terms of everything that you just shared the way i would describe this huge time that we're in and you know even the nuances that of what you were speaking about in your own personal experiences and you said it at the end like what we've really been missing is the nurture is the care is the gentleness you know and so the whole collapse of what we're experiencing in the way that I perceive it. And you know, I work very much in these kind of, in, in the way, and my teachings that I've always received have been very much around the masculine and the feminine. And how I see what's happening is that we have lived in a, in a more masculine paradigm, you know, some, we can, you know, some of that shadow you can even refer to as the patriarchy and each one is, you know, has their flavors of grace and challenge to it. It's not to say one is better than the other, but this is the world that has been, been lived so far. So from everything to the way that society is run, you know, structure, taxes, science, technology, and spirituality as well. We are coming from this paradigm and we are moving absolutely from everything that I'm hearing, all the prophecies, you know, mm. all the astrology, we are moving towards balance. And so what mm. that means is, um, and this is what helps me in terms of, as, as you asked, like the transition and the change is to know the bigger scope of basically what the fuck is going on and and we are moving from from that paradigm towards the feminine paradigm and not because the feminine is taking over or better but because these two need to come into balance simply and and that that one has been lacking you know we have everything that you spoke about in terms of you know being hard on ourselves and approaching ourselves with such um, shame and you know aggression and judgment towards ourselves judgment towards the world that that flavor of hardness where we take the baton and we beat ourselves up for you know carrying wounding or carrying the the wish and the aspiration to 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 serve or to grow or to make change all of that is just waiting for that soft embrace of the mother you know that gentle mm. landing into her lap and as you rightly said, that really feels like falling off the edge of a cliff. It really feels like a descent and a free fall. And you don't, because we don't know how that looks. And we're not, we are going to find out, hopefully. Um, but we, right now, we only know as much as we know. And when it comes to this, this paradigm shift towards the feminine, you know, towards nature, our connection with nature, with the earth, with the elements, with everything that, that you know, in a way we've been speaking about, the ancestral realms. In fact, that even the, even the spiritual realms, the spirit realms, like the, the experience I've had is that after so much of that descent, that there is actually a transcendence that occurs from ground level not the transcendence that I was experiencing prior in my, you know, predominant yoga journey, but actually when I've descended, then there's this opening towards the heavens again, that comes from the embodied experience of life. Mm. Um, and it's very much a sense of spirit in this form, not spirit wanting to be away from form or beyond form, you know? Mm. Um, so you, you, we get flavors. And at the same time, every time she comes beckoning, it feels like the, it feels devastating it, it, mm. we have to give ourselves over mm. and the parts of ourselves that are being given over are the 
what I refer to as the distorted forms of the masculine. You know, there, there is the masculine is uh, this is by no means. Please do you know understand that there's no there's no preference here. There's there is such exquisiteness in both, mm. and the journey is towards union. Yet each one, the feminine and the masculine, has forms of distortion where where our shadow lies, and the distorted forms of the masculine. I mean, it's so beautiful. This time of lockdown and Corona means that we cannot be as productive. We are locked in our homes. We have to, you know, even going for walks. And, you know, I know, for example, it made me laugh in the first lockdown to hear people in London who never go for walks. You know, people never walk because they're too busy. And then suddenly when the government gives them one hour a day to go for a walk, <laughs> they were complaining. And I just found that hilarious because... <laughs> they have no idea how much of a blessing it is that they're actually getting out for everyone, how much of a blessing it is for everyone, that they're actually doing that one hour at least. And I totally get it that the constriction is another thing. But, um, <laughs> but you know, the, just what we've been given and forced into, and it's not been pleasant. And again, we come back to that discomfort, you know, because the descent into her is about entering into relationship <clears throat> with discomfort. And at times for me, it has even felt like, you know, the feminine are, is basically this big giant mouth with fangs. You know, she feels terrifying and devastating, mm, but that's mm. because I don't know her. Yes. And then every time I get to know her again, there is the softness, yes. there is the nurture, yeah. there is the care. And she's, she's anything but hard. She's yeah. anything. And the nature of her as, as being so all-inclusive this is also challenging to these distorted forms of masculine, you know, because as you say, being pushed into, you know, many of us who are on this path, especially have been experiencing a great deal of exhaustion in this yeah. time. Yeah. And then comes all of that, like, well, I'm not doing anything. So why am I exhausted? And we start to understand the relationship to the body and the energetics of what we're feeling mm. on a different level, mm. because that, as that exhaustion is always an entry point again into slowing down into her becoming more receptive slowing down all of those masculine instincts that want to push and go and pull and tug and mm. create or whatever you know and and it's not to say that that part of the masculine i mean we need that we need that drive and that creativity and and that productivity we of course we do but it's being grounded yeah into the naturalness of, of literally into nature yeah. into her in, in a way that we learn to embrace the life cycles of life and death and yes at the moment this world is running on a fear of death Mm. You know, which is connected to that survival instinct it's connected to the victim state it's connected to the abusive state you mm. know why we have um narcissists because mm. because of course there's a need to control mm. and so you know i feel like all of us on whatever level are being pulled towards that fear of death so that we can mm. allow these natural cycles of birthing forward creating and then coming back in and now it's time to to something else to dissolve and to know that we are not in our fullest form we are we are a work in progress you know mm, as you said mm. and so there's always going to be something to shed and you know the we can change our perspective to towards this rather than it being a problem this is our task you know our task isn't to go and make a million pounds and to mm. whatever do whatever we think in the world maybe our task is to is simply to you know grow into healthy relationship mm. to these life cycles of birthing and mm. dying birthing and dying and and this is where i want to come back to that the overwhelm 
that again, you know, it is overwhelming and it will always feel scary and overwhelming. And on one side, we need to be so gentle and tender with that overwhelm to really change our approach where we're not, you know, at, at the tendencies to be hard and to judge and to wrong and to shame. We actually do have a choice at some point to stop the shaming and to be gentle and to, to make that overwhelm a cup of tea and sit her down and sit him down. And at the same time, there is with everything, as I see it, there's a polarity because the overwhelm is also a stretching and, and an expansion of the nervous system where in order to contain more spirit, we need that stretch. It's like growing pains. Mm. Overwhelm is literally mm. like growing pains. Mm. And, you know, you and I were just speaking today about all the adjustments that we're experiencing, you know, with the world opening up, coming out of lockdown, and, you know, both of us experiencing a lot of overwhelm because we're mm. in an adjustment. But we know in a week, three weeks, a month's time that we're going to be at that expanded state where we can operate really well, actually. Yeah. And so the, the, these moments of overwhelm are, in a way, beautiful. It's growing, really, they're, they're collective growing pains. Yeah, 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 so true. Oh, yeah, that has all just landed like, boom. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I, yeah, I just feel that that is really such a beautiful note to finish on. And I feel that there's so much juiciness in this in this podcast and it's gonna you know for me like it's it's landed in a way for me that is kind of really because you know just what you were talking about then in this kind of yeah the push pull push pull and I noticed my frame of mind go in there earlier push pull push pull push pull oh I should be doing this or I haven't got enough time for that and then and then I'm like okay surrender and as soon as I surrender to that I get, I go to where I need to be. I am where I need to be. I'm present. I'm in the now, you know, I'm not pushing and pulling into anything because everything is orchestrated in the way that it needs to be. And, you know, even if it doesn't play the prettiest tune, it's still exactly where it needs to be. So, <laughs> um, and that in itself can be, the challenge because like you say we're not in that place of control what can also like you know be the cause of what we see now so many labels out there isn't there narcissism mm -hmm. sociopath gaslighting this and that but it all just really comes from a space where we just haven't been able to be nurtured our needs haven't been met at some point in our lives and it's caused us to act a certain way or be a certain way and so yeah wow <laughs> yeah it's amazing so rich oh so so rich it really is and so you know just to say now that um you know I will leave Nazim's um website address it's like man my mind's trying to flip into this kind of <laughs> This, uh, the, the, you know, the admin stuff, like, you know, yeah, a website address and, um, and where you can discover more of her amazing work and what she does and how you can follow her, um, on these very, 
um, useful social media platforms. <laughs> <laughs> that we sometimes need a break from <laughs> oh quite regularly now <laughs> so yeah thank you so much thank you thank you so much Estella it's been just such a joy thank you for listening if you are <laughs> thank you for listening I hope you enjoyed that to continue to keep up to date with what the Conscious Buddy community are up to Uh, You can connect through the online platform, which is a safe container. You request to join. There are a few suggestions, which is just to follow some simple rules of love and kindness, equality, supporting others, community and unity. This is just so we can keep the container safe for you to share with your other conscious buddies. You can also find out about up and coming retreats, events and workshops at consciousbuddycommunity.com If you like the content you are receiving and to continue to support our mission which is ultimately to provide resources into our communities and to help educate those that need it you can make a monthly or one-off donation through our donate button on consciousbuddycommunity.com We appreciate your support.